Hey there, loyal horn toad loyal listener. This is another edition of the Clagato Veteran Podcast, Season 5, Episode 11. And on this episode, uh, the theme will be 102 years from now. And I'll explain what all that's going to be about here. But um, first of all, let's go over our five uh, segments that we'll be discussing or talking about or whatever, how you feel. These are pretty much um, going to be, I, I was going to say about 15, 15 minutes, but uh, depending on how this first one goes, I might just push it to 20 minutes. And then um, if it feels like I can do more, then I'll go, you know, I'll, I'll change it to like part one or something and then continue on uh, episode 12 with part two. If that happens, let me just see how much I can get through. If I can't, get all the information I want out, then that's what we'll do. But, um, since this is season five, I'm just going to, I was going to start going to six segments after, uh, after this halfway point, but I think I'll go ahead and just keep it at five all the way until season five is over. Okay. So the first, uh, segment is going to be envisioning submission event. Uh, I'll explain a lot when I get to that. The second one will be prediction patterns and then the third one will be futuristic lifestyles the fourth one will be resed out matrix and finally the last one will be leaving legacies so once again this is all about the um envisioning the future in 102 years from now and and i just kind of figured you know what this is be a pretty good subject to talk about since everything that i've been talking about since this uh, podcast's inception uh, during the uh, the quote-unquote pandemic times in 2020. This was, I guess it was kind of like, it was supposed to be like season two. I was going to talk about like, you know, just uh, predictions and future events and all that stuff. But now and then, here and there, in between episodes and segments, I would sprinkle a little bit stuff in there. But um so let's just go ahead and uh, jump on to our first segment, blah, segment, since I'm wasting too much time doing too many explaining, or, or too much explaining, I should say. The, the first one we'll be starting off is with envisioning submission events. Hang tight. Okay, I'm going to try to keep this segment around 15 minutes, but if I go beyond that, I'll just go ahead and cut it off at uh, 20 minutes because 20 minutes, I think, is a good enough time to like really get your brain involved in, you know, what I'm talking about. And then if I go any further than that, you know, I'll, I'll lose you as a listener and you'll be like, ah, this is boring. I, he, he already made his point. Why is he still rambling on? So with that being said, let's jump into uh, segment number one for ep- season five, episode 11, with the theme of 102 years from now. This one is envisioning submission event. So this segment is about the competition the Navajo Nation Museum is sponsoring about wanting to know about what the future on the res might be like in 102 years from now and who the competition is available to. And so with that being said, let me bring this up. Um, uh, the um, envisioning 
Uh, well, this is a little promotion uh, sponsored by the uh, uh, Navajo Nation Museum in Window Rock, as well as the Land Grant Office and New Mexico Department of Health and Raising Special Kids and State of New Mexico Indian Affairs Department. Okay. So, um, what this is about is it's titled as Envisioning Dene Bekeya. Uh, for our families 102 years from now call for submissions and they'll they'll take essays art photos and videos the deadline is may 10th 2023 and the only thing i don't know is um is this open for adults you know i i really didn't consider that but this week um i'll can I'll, I'll call the uh, the number and uh, see what the requirements are if it's not available to adults, well, then I guess I'll just have to just back off and um, let the young children do it because this says um, selected uh, submissions will receive a $400 stipend and a showcase online in a booklet and at the Achinabizad uh, Envisioning the Navajo Nation 102 Years From Now Youth and Family Forum. Okay, so it's a forum. And that's going to, that forum for all this submission is going to take place on July 26th and 27th, 2023 at the Navajo Nation Museum in Windrock. So once again, I don't want to get my hopes up too high because that might actually be for children, you know, but um, it doesn't really specify on the, um, the announcement. So anyways, going back to what I was uh, saying about, you know, just trying to envision you know, 102 years from now, um, what, if, if this is open for adults, because right now I really don't know if it's open, uh, I want to do an essay and pretty much I would just be talking about, um, what it is that is going on during these times. And it's you, it's pretty much small programs, special groups. I don't know if you want to call them special interest groups, but like the missing murdered indigenous women movement. I think out here it's, uh, Dene, uh, was it missing murdered Dene persons or something like that? MMDP. Anyways, I'm, I'm not really sure what it was. I, I, I kind of forgot, but, um, that program. And then I wanted to write about, you know, what the significance of the car club would be like pretty much, it would just be spreading out just something different for people to get involved in. And as everybody's aging, you know, the, some of these older veterans, the Vietnam eras, you know, they're, they're now in that, uh, that class where, excuse me, they are the seniors, you know, before it was the world war two veterans. I mean, world war one veterans and world war two, and then the code talkers and then, you know, Korean war. Now it's the Vietnam era. Pretty soon it'll be Desert Storm, Desert Shield, and then um, then moving on up to Afghan and uh, Iranian War and all that stuff. So, anyways, um, <clears throat> so the Car Club, that's who it's primarily designated for, and then the nonprofit. I want to write about that just to say that this is definitely something that should be embraced more. So that's why when I do this, I want to get it right. You know, I want to do everything um, as legit as possible, but I also want to give out the information so that 
other groups that want to do this, other uh, Navajo, I don't know, organizations or programs or special clubs, if they want to do something that, you know, that caters to what they want, then that's where I want this. I want to write about that saying this nonprofit is just kind of like a doorway and hopefully others start to embrace it more. And I know that it's, it's not a new concept has been done before and others failed and others, you know, they stole money and stuff like that. And their nonprofits got shut down or whatever, but the way I'm doing it, I'm spreading out more and, um, I'm trying to make sure that when people, uh, get an idea of what it is that we're doing, that they feel comfortable that the, what is currently known as Clagato Veterans Nonprofit is actually for veterans, surviving spouses, and, you know, just trying to get things done on a faster level than the way these guys are waiting on the tribe and waiting on the new executive director and the, the veterans, um, damn, what the hell is that guy's name? Advisory veterans advisor or some shit like that. Anyways, that, that, all that just takes too long. So then I would pretty much write about how, uh, to keep current ideas evolving, uh, for positive things that the tribe needs and for, for the Navajo nation, because, you know, you got to keep those ideas moving because the language and the culture might fade away. Well, for sure, the language, it's really, you know, it's really coming down to the point where it's not really being spoken anymore. And, you know, even there's some words that I can't even pronounce. I can't, I can't like, uh, give directions. That's, I can do like basic directions, like, you know, tree or road or hill or, uh, and then using like this way, that way, you know, but I, I can't like really give a description, like drive down this road, take a left, go up further past this place. And then you'll see this main highway, get on that and go up that way. And then, you know, I, I can't really describe all that. And then, um, so when the language is fading away, culture is fading away, uh, you know, well, I think culture might really, if anything, the language is going to go first. Culture might be a close second, but, um, the other thing that's kind of like important, I think, to write about in an essay about changes and what envisioning 102 years from now, what the Navajo Nation is going to be like, is got to be the ceremonies, man. What ceremonies are still going to stay behind? And to me right now, the only ones that are really uh, able to stick around where people are in agreement with how it, it can be done and portrayed is the peyote meetings. And that one, I think, would last longer because everyone has their own interpretation of what the peyote meetings are about, what it's for, who it's going to help out, their belief in what the uh, the ceremony can do, their belief in what the songs can do, their belief in the prayers uh, of the ceremony, and their you know their belief in what the uh, peyote itself can do, and. For me, I just don't like the idea of uh, peyote meetings, being in there, sitting there all night, hurting my legs and my back. And the other thing I didn't like about it is that they tell you to pray for what you want. Now, it's good to kind of, you know, have that positive, you know, reinforcement of saying, you know, <clears throat> whatever type of uh, situation you're in, 
you know, you pray for the best outcome, but then the, the problem that bugs me about that is you're praying out loud. And then whenever there's a peyote ceremony, <clears throat> there's gotta be skinwalkers. So, you know, when you have your teepee meetings, you know, that canvas is just separating pretty much your back and your head from the outside cold. That really makes me uncomfortable, you know, and I don't like the fact that, you know, skinwalkers could just walk on up to the teepee, you know, which is not a Navajo thing, you know, it, and then even then when they're, um, when the ceremonies are conducted in a Hogan, you know, these skinwalkers throw like rocks and stuff like that on top of the roof and stuff. So I just don't like the fact that they're hearing the prayers and then they could take those, reverse it. And then you just kind of defeated yourself by exposing too much of what you want that can be taken and twisted and then shot down. So all this time and effort and money you put into the ceremony, it just kind of goes to waste, you know? So I, I really don't like that. I like these, um, ceremonies where it's, it's done during the daytime, you know, even though there's, you know, skinwalkers during the daytime, you know, it's, it's still, to me, it's still a lot better than, you know, having that whole peyote ceremony thing going, but someone like my mom really believes in it through and through. And, and she tells me all the miracles that happened when she believed in it. And then, you know, I'm over here as a kid and a teenager and a young man trying to, you know, get to that level where she's talking about all the things, the positive things she wanted to happen and it didn't happen. So in a hundred and what, two years from now, um, that, like I said, that ceremony might be the only one still standing. The other ones, the more traditional ones, it's going to be hard to say if anyone will be able to keep those songs going. Now there have been, you know, younger, younger, uh, generations where they can pick up on some of these songs and they can sing them, even though they don't really know what they're saying. But that's where I thought, um, something like this, where, you know, you're trying to envision 102 years from now, what things will be like. Well, if anything, the whole thing about doing an essay is just pretty much saying, look, man, this is what I think is going to happen. And even then it's really hard to say that, you know, in 102 years from now, this is how Navajos are going to be. If we learned anything, it's by looking at the past 102 years ago. And since we are in the year 2023 and you think, well, a hundred and a hundred years ago was 1923. And then you add another, you know, two years behind that, that was 23, 22, 21. So in the year 1920, you know, by that time there's buggies and there's, um, electricity coming through in, you know, these cities and industrialization and, you know, the roaring twenties started to happen, pick up people dressed differently. There was that, um, trans Atlantic, uh, accent where they talk pretty fast and they're like, what do you mean? You know, what are you supposing? You know, stuff like that, where they would talk really fast. Um, you know, that was kind of like the accent that was, I don't know. It, maybe Irish is probably where it came through, but, uh, they just called it the transatlantic, um, accent. And, you know, they also kind of spoke pretty fast, but, or maybe it was just their recording devices at the time. It made everything speed up, but, um, you know, taking that into account, um, looking at recently what happened with, um, 
that border problem with Mexico where just a lot of immigrants are coming in and the, um, you know, just everybody from, you know, Mexico on down, whatever little islands they're on. And I did say this in uh, season three where that immigration problem, you know, they could, once they find out how we live on the reservation, they might say, oh, well, that's, that's an easy fix. And that's where I was saying that the Navajo females, they may just go ahead and go for like the Haitian guy or the Mexican guy, uh, you know, just to spite the Navajo men who don't know how to treat them right. And, you know, then they start getting pregnant by these guys. And then, you know, there's a population explosion on the Navajo nation where there's a bunch of half breeds pretty much, you know, depending on what, what nationality these, uh, Navajo ladies get knocked up by. Then not only that, but you flip it over to the male side. Um, I know a lot of Navajo men are getting frustrated with Navajo ladies cause they can't get laid by them. And, you know, they probably don't have the social skills or whatever to properly, you know, have them, you know, do sexual acts and all that stuff. But they could do that to these um, immigrant ladies coming in. And these immigrant ladies, they're going to treat these Navajo guys like kings, man. They're going to cook for them, clean for them. And the Navajo guy is going to be like, well, I really don't have to worry about her cheating on me like a like a typical Navajo woman would do, you know. And that's where that another population explosion could happen right there where they're just, you know, getting all these immigrant ladies pregnant and having a bunch of another, you know, another group of, uh, uh, you know, babies or generations of, um, you know, half Navajo, half whatever. So that's where the language would also change. And then I do hear stories like every now and then my mom would tell me a story of, um, like a uh, half black, half Navajo guy who could speak Navajo really well, cook really well. And he'd be at a ceremony helping out and he would just be swooning these ladies, winning them over, especially the older ladies. And they're like, oh, well, he's perfect for my granddaughter. And maybe she's might be interested in him, you know? So, you know, he's, he's getting all the accolades and all the acknowledgement of what he's doing just because he can speak Navajo or he knows the, the cultural ways, but he knows how to keep himself busy. So that is the, the cultural part of modern day Navajos where, you know, no one's really as hands-on as they used to be. And everybody's more about, um, possibly just going out to nightclubs and hooking up and, um, you know, using their, their phones and social media to try to get other women or, you know, all that, all that relationship stuff. Excuse me. That's where, you know, that, that could add another, piece to this, um, look uh, to this vision of, uh, the future, what could be lost. And, you know, it sucks because when I try to look at the future and when I, when I saw this, uh, competition and all this stuff, and I was really thinking about it and, you know, all the stuff that I talked about on the podcast, I started thinking, well, you know, everything that I'm thinking of is all negative. (laughs) I don't have any really positive things to say about the future. The only thing, the only thing that's positive I can say now is what it is I'm trying to do with all this, um, nonprofit stuff, these events and just, you know, getting on the podcast and just talking about my opinions. And I don't really put my feelings in there because I, I mean, what feelings do I really have? You know, everything is just 
based more from my point of view is based more on opinions rather than feelings. So that's why that's the route I take when I do this podcast. And, um, and not only that, but you know, some of the research I do and the thing about research is it's great to do it if you really don't know what's going on, but then other times it's kind of great not to do research because, you know, if you go into research I mean, if you go into a subject matter with an open mind, you will really get a lot more in return. Like if you are aware of what's going on with our political climate, you know, then you know that the Democrats are taking over. They don't like Donald Trump and anything Donald Trump does or the um, anyone that's labeled as a Republican or you know goes by the Republican Party. Anything that happens in that, the mainstream news people, they start saying negative things. And, and if you're paying attention to that, you're going along with it. You know, it's like, you're not really doing the research. So with me, I, you know, tend to stay away from politics, but once things kind of get shoved in my face a lot, you know, like what, you know, Donald Trump, you know, I just can't get away from this dude. But, um, when they talk about him, you know, I do the research and find out what it is they're talking about. And a lot of the times, you know, my internet sucks, you know, so I, I would have to watch like YouTube cause it's a little bit faster than waiting for this damn page to download. And when I see all that, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. So I can make kind of an, an assumption right there of how I can, you know, further educate myself on something like that. But for the most part, you know, that's where this whole essay thing is going to be taking shape. And this is where... I believe that, um, once I get, once I get rolling on it, um, this is pretty much what I'm going to say, you know, that uh, just everything I just said, but like I said, once again, the problem is, I don't know if it's open for adults or I don't know if it's open for all age groups or is it just for, you know, young adults, 18 and under or 17 and under. And, um, maybe it's just for children, but anyways, so that's what I wanted to say about that because it was, you know, just really interesting to know that someone has thought about this enough to say, well, let me put this out. Let's do a promotion. Let's see what feedback I get or who joins. And for me, you know, I'm like, well, that's, you know, perfect for, for my wheelhouse because of all the things I've already been talking about and, you know, it just kind of seems like a perfect pairing, but, um, I'll go ahead and end that right there. If, um, I think I'm pretty good with this 20 minutes. Um, but I'll just go ahead and leave that for there for now. And then next I'll go ahead and start talk about the second subject of this episode, which is prediction patterns. This is, should be a good one. 